0: Presents, Seat of the All Father, written by J Isaac. This is Chapter Two, Opening of the Eyes. The first frost of the year. The grass at the quarry house curled delicately under the film of ice that had settled on it throughout the night. The sun had not yet come over the neighborhood. Red and blue lights danced silently over the front porch of the house, and two uniformed officers smoked cigarettes somberly on the lawn. Presently, another man emerged from the house and approached them. He saw the smoke, and likewise lit up a cigarette. He took a long draw from the lit tobacco, and then exhaled gustily. I don't like scenes like this. Makes me wish I had been a Bond salesman instead of this. This piss-poor excuse for a career. One of the other officers grunted, and put out his cigarette.
1: Fucking garden shears, man. I didn't know you could do that with one of those...
0: The men all stood silently in a half circle for a moment, staring at the ground. Presently, the third officer spoke.
1: What do you think the odds are that the other kid's still alive?
0: The other two shook their heads and didn't speak, glancing briefly at the figures in the driveway. James and Grace sat on the hood of one of the police cars, sharing the folds of a small wool blanket. Presently, one of the officers broke from the group and approached them.
1: The boy inside. He a friend of your son's?
0: James slowly looked up at the man.
1: Yeah, Lewis is something. I never met him before.
0: The officer nodded.
1: That's right. He had an idea on his person. We'll notify the parents shortly. Is there anything else you can tell us? Anything at all that might help us make a difference here?
0: The couple shook their heads. They stared blankly at the man. The officer stared back. After a moment, he spoke again.
1: I've been told this is the James Corey residence. You wouldn't happen to be the same Corey that... (laughs) Well, Cop Killer Corey, as I've heard it.
0: James' features hardened.
1: Hey, that charge was dropped. The only thing I had time for was
0: accessory. The officer laughed darkly.
1: You may have been cleared... (laughs) but that doesn't mean you didn't do it. A triple murder, out in five years, that's got to be a record or something.
0: James stood up off the hood of the car, prompting the officer to step back a pace, instinctively moving his hand closer to his hip.
1: Don't get excited now, big man. Even a cop killer's kid doesn't deserve this.
0: James backed up a bit, leaning now on the car. Just fine, my son. Please. The last word was uttered in a desperate tone. The officer dropped his hand to his side and relaxed his posture.
1: We'll do our best, I guess. Now if you'll excuse me, I need to make a difficult visit to the Lorne family. Grace looked up quickly at the officer and her face paled. Who? Who? The Lorne family? Lewis Lorne. That's the boy in your house. My partner and I are headed over to tell him right now.
0: James and Grace exchanged glances, but did not speak. They tensely watched the officer depart. Lawrence, we should have known this wasn't over. Grace turned and put a shaking hand on James' chest. Does that mean this was him? Max opened his eyes and saw nothing. He tried to move, but his arms and legs were restrained. He pushed against the bonds, the leather popping and clicking at the sudden application of force. His heart was racing, and he tried to scream. Something was covering his mouth, muffling the sound of his cry. He kicked and wiggled and screamed in futility for a few moments before he had to stop for lack of breath. As he lay there in the dark, breathing through his nose like a track horse, he heard something beside him. Another muffled voice, fighting against a gag. Then another, and another. He was not alone. Max wondered if this was where he was going to die, and who it was that was going to die with him. Presently, he heard footsteps approaching, The sound vibrating up from the floor into his back. He felt something being pressed over his nose. And a foul odor overwhelmed his senses. His consciousness began to unravel, warping and turning, and then finally fading out to black. He lay peacefully as the footsteps faded away. A slight breeze moved up the quiet neighborhood street pushing a few dry leaves past the door stoop of an aging, New England-style house. A police car was parked out in front. Presently, two uniformed officers exited the house. They talked briefly amongst themselves on the porch and then left. The window curtains were pulled shut from within. A soft sound of weeping came from the residence, loud enough to be heard in the alley next to the house, where James crept quietly. He jumped the chain-link fence that surrounded the property, and then ducked into the backyard. As he approached the back door, he could hear a man's voice talking excitedly. I know it's hard right now, Sarah, but we have to fucking leave. I don't know why this happened, but it's, it's not safe for us here. We'll go back to Phoenix. It's the only plan. Now, a woman spoke. But, but what about him? He hasn't told us we could leave yet. Think about what else he could take from us if we we disobey." She broke down into crying once more. The man spoke again. Sarah, we are no good to him in jail, or dead. We have to go! James kicked the door open and leapt into the house. A man stood in the living room ahead, with a woman seated on the couch next to him. At the surprise of James' entry, the two started with recognition. James, James, I. The man was interrupted by a sudden front kick in the chest from James. He flew back and smashed into a floor lamp behind him. The woman jumped up from the couch and ran screaming towards James, who stopped her momentum with a lightning fast slug to the stomach. She collapsed, coughing, and then vomited on the floor at his feet. James stepped back and gave her a vicious kick to the stomach. She rolled over and was quiet. The man was struggling to his feet as James approached him. James! James, please! Before he could finish his sentence, James had grabbed him by the hair, smashing his face into the wall repeatedly. He followed with two more blows to the man's body, finally letting him sink to the floor as a pile of injured, heaving flesh. James knelt and looked the man in the eye. You fucking parasite! Where is my son? his voice was calm but the look in his eyes indicated he was holding an ocean of violence that strained at its internal boundaries the other man suddenly coughed blood onto the carpet <coughs> i don't know i didn't take him that's my son dead at your house you think i did that as if you care you can always get another one right that's what that's what daddy says where is he anyway where is your daddy The other man's eyes rolled back in his head briefly. Then he laughed. It sounded like a small dog's bark. Show some respect. You know what he's capable of. Don't tempt his rap. James reached behind him and pulled a short, fixed blade knife from his waistband. He held it in front of the other man's face. Tell me where I can find that old son of a bitch and I'm going to kill you with mercy. You waste any more of my fucking time. And the two of us are going to take a walk down memory lane. Both of us relearning what it was I used to call a job. Terror was a light in the man's eyes. But he forced a smile in response to James' threats. His lips closed together and he whistled a low, shaking melody. There's nothing you can do to me while he's inside. James gripped the man's ear and quickly disconnected it from his head. He shook the dismembered ear at the man and then leaned in. Okay. Let's find out. The end of Chapter 2. This has been Seat of the All-Father. Join us next time for Chapter 3.